Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we are in 1 Samuel chapter 12 as Samuel begins to say farewell to the people. And Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you have said to me, and have made a king over you. And now behold, the king walks before you, and I am old and gray, and behold, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before Yahweh and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me and I will restore it to you. They said, you have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from any man's hand. And he said to them, Yahweh is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, Yahweh is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Now therefore stand still, that I may plead with you before Yahweh concerning all the righteous deeds of Yahweh that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to Yahweh, and Yahweh sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot Yahweh their God, and he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. And they cried out to Yahweh and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken Yahweh and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies that we may serve you. And Yahweh sent Jeroboam and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us when Yahweh your God was your king. And now behold the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. Behold, Yahweh has set a king over you. If you will fear Yahweh and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of Yahweh, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow Yahweh your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of Yahweh, but rebel against the commandment of Yahweh, then the hand of Yahweh will be against you and your king. Now therefore stand still and see this great thing that Yahweh will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon Yahweh that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of Yahweh, in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon Yahweh, and Yahweh sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared Yahweh and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to Yahweh your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins this evil, to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following Yahweh, but serve Yahweh with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. 
For Yahweh will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased Yahweh to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against Yahweh by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear Yahweh and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. This is the word of the Lord. So in our text today, Samuel pits himself against the nation of Israel. They have rejected him back in chapter 8 as their their God-given authority. God was their king and Samuel was God's prophet. He was the spokesperson to the nation. They have rejected both God as king and Samuel as prophet in doing so and demanding a king for themselves so they could be just like their neighbors. Samuel obeyed their voice. Talk about a tough spot to be in. Uh, A servant of the Lord. All the people of God are crying out against you. Rejecting you. And God tells you you have to listen to them. It's hard for us to quite imagine what kind of uh, turmoil and, and pain Samuel went through. The grief that he experienced um, in that, that moment, in that event. Verse 2, uh, the sons are with you. Dual referent there. I mean, they're, they're there, they're present, they're physically with them, but they're also with them. They're unfaithful with them. Together they are sinful. And then verse 3, Samuel's case, testify against me. Bring your case before the Lord. Bring your case before Yahweh and his anointed. His anointed there, um, Samuel most likely here is referring to Saul. Um, We don't have any evidence that Samuel himself is anointed as a prophet, although that does sometimes occur in the Old Testament. We don't see that one. But this could, so this could be Saul. It could also be Jesus. Again, Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, the Christ, which is what those two words mean. Testify before God. Jesus is God. Yahweh in the Old Testament is replaced with the name Jesus in the New Testament. Yahweh is a reference to the whole Trinity, Jesus to the Son, but... We have that name by which to call out to God now. Just an interesting thought for you to ponder as you think about this text. But in verses 3, really it's just all of 3. It's a longer verse, lots of questions. Build your case. Samuel invites them to think of how he may have previously sinned against them. And if they he has, he will restore it. He will, he will over... Overpay them in return. The people admit he's not done anything wrong. And so Samuel uh, says that Yahweh is witness and so is the anointed. Which again, Saul or Jesus here. The people's response is interesting. They go singular. He is witness. If it's God and the king, Saul, it's really odd that it would be a singular response from the people. If it's God and Jesus, then the singular response makes sense because Jesus, again, is God, the Trinity. 
But that would be quite a lot of credit to give this uh, group of Israelites that they would know that. So interesting, uh, still the, res the response. Then verse 6. So often in the Old Testament, God's instructions, God's call to his people, uh, the way he acts with them and the way he calls them back to himself, all these things revolve around what he has done for them. And so here Samuel's case against the people is going to be built around what God has done for the people. It's a wonderful section here to use as an opportunity to review Old Testament biblical events with your family, with your children. Ask your kids about these things. What do they know? What do you know about Moses? What do you know about Aaron? What do you know about this idea that God brought his people up out of Egypt? And what about this event where Jacob went to Egypt? Or uh, down in verse 11, um, Yahweh sending Jeroboam, another name for Gideon, or Barak or Jephthah, and now Samuel himself, speaking of himself in this list. What do you know of these events? It can be a great time to do some biblical history um, and as a parent to be able to fill in the gaps of, of what your children don't know. If you don't know yourself, go read the story together. You know, Tell your children, hey, I don't know this one. Let's look it up. That's a good thing. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be in God's word together and also to show your children that you care about something enough to, to find the answer. You're not always going to have the answer and that's okay. We can admit that. I don't know all the all the answers to everything, and I I admit that to my children. I admit that to you. Um, some things, if you ask, I'll I'll search for and I'll be able to find. I've got a lot of resources, and I'm I'm willing to share those. I'm glad to share those. There are other things that I get asked. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to find that out, um, and it's okay to be able to say that too. Sometimes that's just the way things are. Uh, Nahash gets mentioned again. That's from a couple of the last couple chapters here. Another event. They rejected God. Verse 12, when Yahweh was your king. The purpose of the commandments shows up in verse 14. If both you and the king who reigns over you will follow Yahweh your God, it will be well. That's the purpose of the commandments is that things would go well for us in creation. The, the law of God is his good and perfect will for his creatures. Imagine that society where the Ten Commandments are perfectly kept by everyone. It's a place we'd want to live. So keep that in mind. Uh, talk about that from time to time. Use it as a chance to talk about the commandments together and how you're doing at keeping these things. Verse 15, if you will not obey, so the, the reverse side of this is it comes with a warning, um, then Yahweh will be against you and your king, which is a position you don't want to find yourself in. Samuel gives them a sign, uh, the, the, the thunderstorm on the wheat harvest day, and it comes true. It comes to pass. Samuel prays for it, and it comes which brings the people to fear. Verse 17, Samuel in this whole process, this, the whole point of this exercise with them was to call them to repentance. And so he's sharing that with them. He's bringing that before them. See that your wickedness is great. You have asked for yourselves a king. Verse 19, the people repent. 
It's interesting in their repenting that they say Yahweh your God instead of Yahweh our God. In the midst of their their sin and confession, they are not claiming God as their own. Best construction here, they're hoping that Samuel will restore them and speak to them the good news that he is their God, which is what Samuel is going to do. That's verse 20. Do not be afraid. Why? Let's skip down to 22. For Yahweh will not forsake his people. Do not be afraid, for Yahweh will not forsake his people. Those are great words for you to memorize yourself. God will not forsake his people. God will provide for you. God will care for you. God will keep his promise to you that you get to live with him forever in Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful comfort that we have from these things. We fit that text and that that verse 20 response. Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. We have done this evil. We have rejected the Lord as our king. We have asked for our own earthly king. And we've even done it in the harsh sense of saying that one man isn't good enough for us. Whoever God might choose isn't good enough for us. We have to live in a place where we can pick our own leaders and we can get rid of them if we don't like them. We have sinned greatly in many, many ways. Verse 20 fits us. But do not be afraid for Yahweh will not forsake his people. That's a promise. And he won't forsake you because of his promise, for his great name's sake. He has made the promise. He will keep it. For him to turn his back on his promises would be for him to destroy and slander his own reputation. He's not going to do that. He has made you a promise. He's going to keep it. Verse 23, Samuel's going to do his job. He's just going to keep doing what God has given him to do. It would be sinful for him to do otherwise. So he's going to keep praying for them. He's going to keep teaching them in the ways of the Lord. And then he summarizes that again in the last couple of verses. Uh, Departing question for our children to think about, who is our king? The answer to that one is Jesus. Jesus.